0: A big thank you for your prayers and your support. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. So glad, believe me, so glad to be in front of this microphone today. Now, some of you, I know, don't get a chance to hear the Wednesday program. There are a few of you that can only hear the program on shortwave from WRMI around 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 Central in the evening. And we're only on, unfortunately, just Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday on that particular frequency at that time. Now, we're on other frequencies and also, again, at midnight Eastern, 9 Pacific, and it's a podcast. And so, some of you don't know all that is going on in the background and so i mentioned some of this yesterday i'll mention some of this again today i'm not going to spend a whole lot of time i had some i had a procedure done on tuesday because i've had this lingering long it's been going on for a while blood in the urine and you know we we've never known what it is it got really bad during the summer. Kind of faded away, then came back a couple of times. Faded away, and 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 the time came to do some looking around to find out what's going on. They discovered I have some kind of tumors in my bladder. Now there's some encouragement on this. I'm not worrying about this. I really, I'm really not. Um, they're not. There are a lot of them. They may have been there for a while. We don't know the pathology yet. That's going to come out. Maybe, maybe Friday, maybe Monday. We don't know. But regardless, I'll have to go back. There's still some remaining because in doing what they did, when you're working in in that area microscopically, you can obscure eventually some visibility. So there's a little bit remaining and I'll have to do this again in about two weeks. Now, in the midst of all this, there's a lot of other stuff going on and and. I just feel this this has been a a reminder to me, to say the least, a, a reminder that none of us are immortal on this earth and all of us, all of us need to be better managers of our time. One of my worst traits in life has been I have a hard time saying no especially to projects and things to which I firmly, firmly believe in and stand behind and want to see done. And the other problem that I I sometimes have, and I'm going to say there are times that I've learned in some industries how to delegate, how to delegate. Funny, when I was younger, I was better at delegating when I worked for a manufacturer of broadcast equipment. And we did very well, and I really enjoyed that job at the time that I had it. But over the years, a lot of the things that I've done, I've had a hard time delegating because I haven't had anybody that was able to do some of the things that needed to be done. And and I'm just praying right now. I'm saying, Lord, okay, you've laid all these projects in front of me, and I'm excited about each and every one of them. But I know I can't be doing all of them by myself. There's got to be a shared responsibility. And that's really true in anything, especially the stuff that I'm working on and the things that are really laid upon my heart. Sure, I can help plant a church, but should I be the only one planting that church and leading that church? I can help other missions get started, but should I be the only one doing that? I do this radio program i I am working on on an online streaming service for for audio maybe even video at some point These have been going on for quite a while and they're they're not yet fully to fruition. I need to delegate some responsibility out because number one there's only so many hours in any given day that's it there's only so many hours you can't you can't be going seven days a week, too many hours a day, and and never taking care of yourself. That's how you end up having some some health issues if you're not careful. And also, I gotta remind myself that I am not 38 or 48 or even 50, and I'm 68. But thankfully, I feel great today. For those that, that listened yesterday. You know, I was dealing with a catheter yesterday. It's gone today, and I'm thankful to have a a wife with some medical background. It is out, and, and I'm getting used to, after a few days with it, not having to deal with it. And so here we are in the office today, able to do this radio program. I apologize to some because we're running a little late for those that listen as a podcast. So there are a lot of things that I need to, to pray about, and I appreciate all the prayers of many of you. I, I can sense them. I can feel them. I'm encouraged. I feel great today. A little tired, yeah, lack of sleep on a couple of nights, but all that will take care of itself even later. later. But for now, I, I just want to get back to the business of this radio program and some of the important news stories that oftentimes get missed. I mentioned the other day, the purpose of this program, and and if you listened yesterday, I kind of outlined it. If you were to, and, and these are in no particular order, okay? This program is designed to inform, encourage, to teach, equip, and edify. And yes, even evangelize. I mean, we have a multi purpose purpose for doing this radio program. I'm not here doing a radio program like many others do or run a website like many others do trying to get clickbait ads going to make money. This is not what I do. I'm very cautious about the stories that I share and I even had to mention to you on Tuesday because I had put two shows together back to back and I got and I got shall we say snookered on a story that comes from a normally reliable source that ended up not being true at all and it really it really disturbed me cuz normally i'm so careful and and to have a have to apologize to you and i've always said that i'll be honest with you if i make a mistake i'm going to own up to it i'm not going to be like some of these people out there trying to change narratives when they have fouled up and hope that you forget the mistakes they've made. I, I know ministries. I know other video and audio programs and podcasts and video cast, and radio shows and, and what have you, where some things have been said over the past two years that were blatantly false. They've never owned up to it. They just move on and hope you'll forget some of the claims they made. I see stories every day from people that, generally do a good job and i've learned how to weed through them there's certain things that are giveaways and and i'm more convinced than ever and i want to i'm just going to change direction now and get kind of get back to some of the topics at hand information is power i've heard that said before i can remember if you go back way back when i was in college 50 almost 50 years ago studying communication arts sciences I learned something that was said by a Canadian from Toronto who was in the media business, Marshall McClure. And he was a commentator, well-known, I think, on CBC, if I'm not mistaken. I might be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure that he was. And he once said, the medium is the message. The medium is the message. And... Back then, we would think in terms of just radio and television, maybe to a lesser extent, newspapers and magazines, because that was pretty much what we had to work with on a day-to-day basis. The, the, the days of the newsreels at the theaters were long gone. So we were down to radio, television, newspapers, and magazines television was taking an increasing role in the lives of families all over the United States, Canada, United Kingdom, Australia, Europe, the telly as it's called. And because it was appealing to the eyes and the ears and people were glued to viewing the set, the medium itself became the message. And... There was something about a news story on television, even more so than a newspaper or even sometimes a magazine, even a little bit more than radio, to be quite honest, that somebody watching a story on television, it was highly believable because there was this, this unwritten concept that the television would never lie, that these people would be trustworthy, You know, I go back, I'm thinking in my youth and people back in the good old days used to watch, uh, you know, the Huntley-Brinkley Report uh, or they watched uh, Walter Cronkite just to name a couple off the top of my head. There were others. And people trusted these individuals. They, They never really revealed their politics publicly. There was no Twitter, there was no Facebook, there was no social media. The politics of that newscaster were generally speaking to the general public a closely guarded secret. That's just how it was. The media wanted to at least give the appearance, whether they were or were not is irrelevant, of being unbiased. And thus, what Marshall McClure was saying, the medium is the message. We, we take for granted that this medium is giving us factual and usable and important information in our daily lives. Now, things began to change over time. And, I'm, and I want to just kind of walk you through this quickly. I don't want to dwell on this for too long. Fifty years ago, I got into radio. Back then, the world had changed. We had moved from the golden age of radio to a transition to where most radio stations were some kind of a music-generated format, regardless if the station was AM or FM. The first radio station I worked at was a Top 40 AM. I worked for a country AM. I worked for a nostalgia AM. I worked for a top 40 FM. I worked for a a variety of radio stations in my early career. And they were all music. There were very, very few talk radio stations in the United States. And what talk stations there were, or news stations, were only found in pretty substantially big markets like New York City. Or Chicago or Los Angeles if you were in even at Greenville South Carolina there were no talk stations there was only one talk station I can remember in the later 1970s in Atlanta WRNG ring radio and it was a daytime only station and it really didn't have great ratings The FMs and the music stations were where people listened. That was the, and people got their news from television. But the world changed in the 80s as cable TV grew and we started getting new channels. I can remember one that was launched called CNN, Cable News Network, and then Cable Headline News, and then the Weather Channel and others. And gradually, we had more than the standard three outlets for the news, which had been ABC, NBC, CBS. Then came talk radio, which was the salvation for many an AM radio station because music was being moved to FM at a rapid rate because of the audio quality and the fact it could be stereo and all that goes with it. And so AM started to become... Talk more than music and talk radio did quite well. The most listened to radio host in the United States was Rush Limbaugh for years on predominantly AM radio stations. What really started to change the equation was the advent of the Internet coming into our homes I, I wondered, and, and look, I was very technically inclined in the 1990s, and I could see the future of computers in, in industry. I could see it even in the broadcast industry, things that it could do that conventional tape and everything else could do, but I knew that in time it would be vastly better using the computer. More efficient, even better quality. And, and I was right. It is the standard now for video and audio editing. We don't, we don't use the little splicing block and the razor blade and tape to, to put together a radio program anymore. I had to do that years ago. And to put a radio program like this one together with some of the editing that needs to be done would add an extra four, five, or six hours to the project. What can be done now in a matter of minutes would take hours before. It's a different world. I've watched the the change in technology, but I've also watched the increase because of the internet becoming another component. Nobody would have ever believed, in, I, and I'll be one that'll admit it, I saw the internet as a, as a wonderful resource for email and some information. And it, 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 even in the 1990s, when you started having things like Ford.com or Chevy.com, or gm.whatever companies beginning to build an internet presence early at a time when nobody really would look at their web pages because very few people had internet in their houses and and those that did like me it was dial-up and so web pages had to be very simple and they took time to load and you better not take too long or people get discouraged and go away. Companies like America Online were gonna be the big boys. Social media, that concept started with MySpace. And there were also a lot of billboard companies, you know, BBS services in communities. And the Congress of the United States at the time made a decision in the law, which for the time was actually a good thing, to give protection to a, a fledgling industry. There were a lot of little internet providers working out of tiny you know strip malls in small towns, struggling to, to get people to sign up and putting out a lot of capital investment trying to get the internet into communities. And some had like a billboard uh, service, like a community, you know, just like a community billboard and people having threads and discussions. And one of the fears was, what if somebody says something and somebody wants to sue, to sue, who do they sue? Do they sue the provider, the so-called deep pockets? just because somebody else said something and they can't afford to have everybody moderating. We, we hadn't developed all this other stuff and algorithms to, to go through what people write on the internet. And so there was some protection built into the law so these startup companies, little tiny companies, literally in garages and small strip malls would not be put into bankruptcy and destroyed. But as the years have gone by, little fledgling companies like Google, like Facebook, like Twitter, have grown to become multi billion dollar corporations with thousands upon thousands of employees and now have an unprecedented control on the flow of information the likes of which we have never seen before in our history. They use their power politically, and I think it should be illegal much of what Facebook and Twitter has done over the years. Mark Zuckerberg, spending $400 million during 2020 of his own money, raised from Facebook, of course to influence elections, to encourage only Democrat areas to get out votes, make it easy for ballot harvesting. I don't care what anybody says. There were countless illegal ballots in boxes that did not belong there. And nobody wants to admit to that elephant in the room. I get disgusted when I see Joe Biden talk about fair and free elections. They're the same ones that said the 2016 wasn't. They said the election of of George W. Bush in 2004 against John Kerry was tainted and, and probably was stolen. So these same clowns that are claiming that the election of 2020 was just perfect during a pandemic with all these unknown boxes and boxes of ballots appearing out of nowhere... People magically appearing in the state of Georgia that disappeared right after the 2020 election. You find abandoned farms with no homes or anything ever on it. Those were the addresses in small counties in middle Georgia. Just to give you some numbers, Georgia has 150 some odd counties. Okay, 150 some odd counties. If there's one illegal ballot in Georgia, Each of the counties, that's 153 votes or 150 some, I think it's 159. Let's just call it 150. The number just escapes me suddenly. If there are 10 illegal ballots, then there's 1,500 illegal ballots in the state of Georgia. But if there are just 100 illegal ballots spread out among all those counties... And some of those counties, like Fulton County, where there are millions of people, what's 100 illegal ballots? What's 1,000 illegal ballots? In little tiny counties, like a Hart County or a Franklin County, you find a way to put in 30 or 40 illegal ballots here and there. In some place in middle Georgia, where the land is spread out get a bunch of people, like over 100 that I know of in one county, a person that I know spent time doing the research and has proven it. Over 100 illegal ballots, most likely from people that don't exist. Biden only won by 11,000 votes in the state of Georgia. You know, 50 to 70, 80 votes per county, 100 votes per county. Yeah, that's all it would take to taint the election in the state of Georgia for both Joe Biden and the Reverend Warnock so election integrity is an important issue and you're not allowed to talk about it the medium is the message and now the medium of choice is not the tell it's not the TV like it used to be the influence that ABC NBC and CBS have or had is nowhere near what you know it, it, it they're their power today is, is a fraction of what it used to be, yet they like to believe they're still the big boys. CNN, whose ratings have tanked, MSNBC, whose ratings have tanked, they try to control the narrative. Facebook tries to control the narrative. Twitter has up until recently, and we'll see what pans out, has tried to control the narrative and have done so in such a way knowingly deciding what the what they want people to say and believe and know. And here we are coming up to an election next week. And you see the the major networks in some states and even local, They have chosen who their candidate is going to be and they do nothing but negative stories about the other candidate. And many of them are oftentimes not true. They're using the power of their of their platform. Facebook is doing the same thing. But the only thing that I'm encouraged about now, even even though we are still way too. Well, we have many people that are just blatantly ignorant, sadly. They don't know that we are a republic, not a democracy. If you watch the Joe Biden speech last night, one of the most disgusting speeches I've ever heard from him, and that's saying a lot. He kept saying the word democracy, 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 democracy. Our democracy, our democracy is under threat. MAGA Republicans threatening our democracy. And the guy that went into the Pelosi home said the same words that they said on January 6th. Where's Nancy? This is all they have because they cannot run on what they've done. And nobody's holding this administration accountable for any of what they've done, the damage that they've done, the destruction that they've done, the long-term damage to our children, our institutions, our economy, and our Constitution. And I'm praying that maybe next week, I'm hopeful, but I'm not convinced. I'm hopeful there'll be some change. Now, it'll still be Joe Biden and Kamala Harris as president and vice president next week. The House of Representatives may change come January. The Senate might change come January. So what does that mean? Let's say just the House of Representatives changes. Biden can still do executive orders. The courts will still do what they've been doing. The best you can hope for is slowing down the train wreck. That's it. That's the best you can hope for. These people running for the Senate or the House promising all of these wonderful things they're going to do, they're going to be limited. It's called a veto. The president can veto. And I don't see a two-thirds override in the House and the Senate, regardless of how good of the turnout an election is next Tuesday. We're going to have nothing more than what happened after 2010. It slows down the progression of our decline. That's it. The Democrats in 2008 2008 One, they had the House, the Senate, and the White House. And for two years, they rammed policies, laws, and regulations down the throats of Americans that have changed the course of our nation indefinitely. Having just gone through this medical experience, I can tell you Obamacare is one of the most despicable things that ever has wrecked the medical system. You know, I would have been back 20 years ago when I first had my complaint back before the summer. I would have already been treated and done. I wouldn't have been waiting month after month for appointments you can't get, paperwork, more paperwork, more questions. I'm going to say this and I'm going to run just a wee bit over and I got to get this off my chest. I knew, and a lot of people were talking about, you know, nationalized healthcare, that's the goal. Well, it is the goal, and they've already got it. If you hadn't figured it out already, what we've done in the United States, instead of having a department of quote medical health, like they do in England or in Canada, we have the next best thing, fascist control of corporations. And I was mentioning to my wife the other day, and I want you to think about this. For the first 40-some-odd years of my life, maybe close to the first 50 years of my life, there were a lot of doctors that I went to over the years just for your normal stuff, nothing nothing major. And they had their own private practice. They might have an assistant. They might have a receptionist to take care of things in the office and dealing with the insurance companies and all that went on was not all that complicated. But over the years, the layers of complications and insurance and all that goes with it, then malpractice, you just you you name it, and all the regulations, both federal and state, you don't see that many private practices with doctors anymore. They all work out of clinics with big waiting rooms. And they, and these clinics one by one are being bought out by other major corporations. You can name any, you know, like for example, or all over Florida, all over the United States, Cleveland Clinic is one buying up hospitals and, and clinics and doctor offices. In other words, the winners and losers were chosen with Obamacare. And so what the government does, instead of, quote, running it itself, it is decided that certain corporations will run it for them. But when you think about it, the government has absolute control. And they're getting extreme control over many of these large healthcare care organizations. And that's why many doctors were silent during COVID about wearing a face mask because they know it doesn't work. We've known for 50 years before the pandemic they would never work. But suddenly somebody in an office said, everybody must wear a face mask and don't speak out against it or you might lose your job or you might lose your position. You might not get another raise. Shut up. Obey. That's our medical system. When you find that rare doctor that has not yet been consumed by the corporate medical establishment, when you find them, they're the ones speaking out and risking their medical licenses. See, in Canada, you either do what the government says or they take away your license to practice and your income and they're able to just about do that in the United States now. If you are a doctor affiliated with a clinic and you and you've got your your retirement and everything vested through them and they tell you you must do this or you lose your job. That's coercion. Everybody must be vaccinated though we never did know of it. We didn't know up front would this actually stop the spread of COVID? Oh, we never tested for that, but we're all going to take the experiment anyway. It is, we have medical fascism now in the United States. It is fascist control of the medical establishment. That's the only way that I can put it. It is one step beneath nationalized health care. And with the government controlling the insurance with baby boomers getting older and expanding the number of people on Medicare, the government's influence in healthcare is going to be enormous in the years ahead. And the one thing that could really cause some financial damage are the number of aging baby boomers like myself coming through the system when we've spent the last 50 some odd years getting rid of the next generation so they're less of the next generation to support us. We've got a problem on our hands. Even if we ever got to what's called zero population growth where we're at least maintaining our own, we could maintain it. But in some ways, we have this empty void behind us and it's going to be an expensive one for a long time. Now, funny, I didn't plan to go in that direction. I have three other stories here that I thought were more important, but something just said, talk about that. Medically, I'm feeling better. I'm doing better. I'm able to sit in front of this microphone. And in a few minutes, I'll come back with the second part of today's program. Your prayers are appreciated. Um, We'll find out. And as soon as I know something, you will know it as well. You know, as as I get information. With all that said, I plan on being here to do this radio program for a while. This problem that I have didn't come on suddenly. It's been coming on for a long time, so it's gonna be a long time. You know, I'll be I I, I feel like I'll be here long enough to be doing a lot of the work that God has given me. And so your prayers are appreciated. Where where are all this is gonna lead in the next two weeks, I don't know. I'll let you know. But your prayers are appreciated. My job right now is to continue doing all these things that God has laid out before me and give you the information you need. If you believe in what we're doing here, and I'll be talking about some other stuff in the next segment, would you consider today making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? Ancient Word Radio. And if you would mail that to Post Office Box 510. That's Post Office Box 510. And the city is Chilhowee, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowee, Virginia. Chilhowee, Virginia. And the zip code in Chilhowee, Virginia is 24319. That's 24319. 24319 your help in maintaining this program is is very much appreciated. And, I, and so many of you have been so supportive for so long and I, I sometimes seem to take it for granted. So thank you in advance for your support. And when I get back on the other side, we'll, ch- we'll finish up this discussion slightly and then I've got some other things that I think are equally as important that you, you need to really know. Because I think we're gonna be coming into a time, and and I've had people that say, well, what do you mean by this, Bob? God is gonna pull back the veil. Now, those that are already delusional, who have been given over to the reprobate mind, will never see the truth. They refuse to see the truth. They will not see the truth. Those that know the truth will recognize it immediately. It'll be confirmation. And there'll be a group of people that have not really known the truth, they have been just influenced, and their eyes are gonna be open. And during this little window of opportunity that we have is when the church needs to be doing its job of sharing the good news. If we don't, we're gonna be held accountable. And we'll talk about that next. This is Truth To Ponder. With Bob
1: Beerman. God in the wilderness. Shalom Aleichem. This is the Nice Jewish Boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection. Bring you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. And get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you can get and love in a moment. We don't generally like the wilderness. If you ask another believer how how they're doing and they say, well, I'm in the wilderness, they they usually don't say, you know, hey, I'm in the wilderness, it's great. We don't usually get excited about the wilderness or being in there. We tend to get down about it, but we should get excited. Because for God's people, the wilderness isn't And is never a detour. I mean, actually, in Israel, the wilderness of Israel, it has a certain beauty to it. It's dark but beautiful. It was the path out of Egypt. It was the path into blessing. It was the path into freedom. It was freedom. God brought them into the wilderness to meet him. You know, it was the meeting place for God. That's where you had the the tent of meeting set up. We think, oh, I can't wait to get out of the wilderness. I I can't wait to get on with God's will in my life. Not at all. You don't have to wait. God is with you in the wilderness. God is in the wilderness. He's waiting to meet you. It's not a waiting pattern. It's not a waste. There's no wasting time in God. He'll never give you time to waste. You are in God's will as much as in any time. He will lead you as much as he leads you in any other time. Every time something's taken away from you in your life, Take it as an opportunity that you're going to get more of God. You're going to get closer to God. There are no detours in God's will. If you're in the wilderness, hey, praise God. It's a blessing. God is there. Turn away from your situation. Turn to God. He'll meet you. The wilderness is holy. Use your time to get closer. It's the chosen place, his meeting place, where his people stand barefoot in the glory of his presence. Treasure God in the wilderness. Want more? Ask for the wilderness on CD. Now imagine being plugged into a special line Let you know future events News behind the news Biblical prophecy updates on Israel And what you need to know as an end time believer Plus teaching strength for every day of your week And the incredible Mystery of the Temple Doors on CD All free how do you get it? You can get sapphires and the Mystery Temple doors. Well, simply, simply remember Jesus' real Hebrew name. Yeshua, you write it down, you call it, that's it. So, just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1 for your free gifts. You will be blessed, but call now, one 800 yes one I invite you to join me in reaching the unreached peoples, the unsaved peoples of the world, from Moscow to Madagascar, even to Jerusalem. It's amazing. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You'll blanket the earth through shortwave radio with the gospel. Amazing. It's 1-800-YESHUA-1. Or you can write me direct. Here's how. The address is. the Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's a Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, New Jersey, 076. Forty-four. Well, until next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, Be blessed, my friend. Shalom Aleichem in Messiah. Rueha to the Good Shepherd.
0: This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to Part 2 of Truth to Ponder and I'm your host, Bob Bierman. For those just tuning in, I know many of you that listen to this podcast heard the beginning. Health-wise, I'm doing all right. I Had some procedure done on Tuesday. We are able to be in front of the microphone and we're we're thankful. Don't know the pathology report. There were some tumors in my bladder and we should know soon, but I, I just feel at peace. A lot of things to be done. This didn't happen overnight, so it's not going to resolve. One way or the other, overnight either. So, just keep me in prayer as we continue forward. Looking at a few news stories that I want to share, and there's a reason that I want to share these. Just to understand how information works, I mentioned beginning of the program: information is power, and whoever controls the information has the power. And this is what needs to be underst- understood. If we as individuals have control of information and honest information, then we can make rational and clear decisions. But when information is propaganda and manipulation, it's not easy to do. And manipulation of information is as old as warfare and civilization. It became an art form over the past several hundred years, especially campaigns of disinformation. And, and I mentioned this the other day, and I wanna just preface this, understand something. And I mean, I got caught by it myself. And I had to admit to it on Tuesday that I had a story on Monday that ended up not being true. There are those out there, the best way to control the information is to discredit those that attempt to give accurate information. And what they do is they put out some stuff that is somewhat believable, looks credible. It gets repeated, and then they pull the plug and say, look, that guy got it wrong. See, you can't trust him, can't trust her, can't trust that source. That is a, a type of like inoculation against truth. And that's what it is, the low-hanging fruit. And they, a lot of people fall for it. I get emails and material. I see it all the time. Where things that are absolutely not true are being repeated by people that mean well. And they don't know that they've been deceived. And so we, we have this really strange warfare we're dealing with. And I've been pretty fortunate over the past two years and so many months or I haven't been trapped by it, but I did, and it can happen to any of us. Now, one of the things that is going to be something in the future, it already is, but it's going to even get worse, is going to be the narrative on climate change. Even though the narrative that they've been trying to feed us for 25, 30 years is falling apart, that is going to change it. We were told if we didn't do anything, the world would come to an end, what, in another 10 years or less, five years, seven years? And and we had all these projections from the New York Times and and other places over the years that we would see rises of temperatures that would be anywhere like from five or six degrees Celsius. That's a lot. And that would be disruptive enough to to give us a food crisis, heat stress, economic strife, disasters, you know, the, 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 the lie they kept saying more frequent and destructive hurricanes, well, that didn't pan out because we've actually had less over the past 50 years than the 50-some-odd years before. Truth is, the temperature, temperature didn't get near as hot in the time frame they claimed it would. Once again, once again, you know, we've had temperature fluctuations over 1,000-year periods greater than what we're seeing up and down. The sun is what determines the heat factor on this planet. And we've had higher levels of CO2 that didn't destroy the planet than we have today. We're actually on a low ebb Climate change is nothing but people control. And we learn one thing with the pandemic. Lock people down, put them in a virtual reality world. That's what the metaverse of Facebook is all about. Don't even have to leave your house to go to work. You just show up in the metaverse and do your job. If it's a desk type of job, only the people that have real work to do will be out there installing your cable TV or your satellite dishes and whatever. It's control. And someday they're going to have a climate emergency instead of a virus emergency. And we you know, we have to get in electric cars. Oh, we have too much this, too much that. Oh, the, the electric grid can't handle it because of all the electric cars, so stay home. Control. This is the bottom line. And the problem that they're going to have, they're going to have to rework the narrative because they're not getting these drastic increases of temperature as they predicted. So just be on the alert that they will hope that you forgot what they said five years ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago. And I can say as I've looked at all the major declarations of disasters that should have occurred by now that were predicted, they've never occurred. So now you know they are lying and they are trying to give you fear. There are there. There's a senator. There. There are actually a couple, but there's there's a couple of very despicable, just evil characters in the United States Senate. Uh, Blumenthal is one from Connecticut, but Dick Durbin, Democrat from Illinois, who is the chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee, the last place he should be on. The man is a reprobate. The man is a liar. Uh, the man is just anti. Constitution, and and he tries to use all of this rhetoric about this uptick in hate speech. And he says, since Elon Musk took Twitter private, it's just, it's awful. We have to do something. And what he actually wrote the other day um, on, on Twitter, in the days since Musk took over uh, Twitter, the platform, has been an uptick in hate speech, and Musk himself used the platform and his influence to spread baseless conspiracy theory about a violent attack on an elected official family member. We need to deal with the misinformation. No, what they're what they're saying is, we need to be able to control the propaganda and not have it exposed. There's a lot of rhetoric being said. And, and everything about the Pelosi break-in in San Francisco, every time I look at the story, it, it makes less and less sense than the last time I looked at it. How does, the, how does the mansion of the Speaker of the House, people worth hundreds of millions of dollars in a gated community where there is both private security, the San Francisco police, and yes, Capitol Hill security, how does somebody come into that neighborhood and break into a home? I mean, how do you do it with no alarms going off? How did that happen? And nobody, nobody seems to know where the video is. We can't see it. Why? Were the cameras working, not working? Have they disposed of the evidence? What? There's something wrong about this entire story. And, I don't, and, and what they're hoping to do is control a narrative. Now, I could speculate all day long what happened. I might be right. I might be wrong. But here's what I do know. The truth is not coming out. It will not come out. And instead, they grab this story that could cause damage and they try to twist it and lie about it hoping that you know, it's only eight, nine days before the election. You know, it, it, we can lie right now. It'll be after the election before any lies are revealed. It's pretty much the the operating practice right now that we're seeing. It's like they're bringing out the old playbook. Oh, the Republicans are going to take away your Social Security and Medicare and you'll be eating dog food, cat food in the street. They've been saying that since 1980. It hasn't happened yet. But see, they're desperate. And desperate people will do desperate things, illegal things. They will lie. They will be dishonest. And so don't trust them. The last two years, you've seen what they've tried to do. They they force you to take vaccines or lose your job, get kicked out of the military with the lie that this will stop the spread. I mean Rochelle Walensky got in front of the American people and said, if you get the vaccine, COVID ends with you. It has nowhere to go. Five times that woman has had her arm nailed, allegedly, and she's had COVID, what, two or three times. So apparently that was a lie. But we can't say that. And see the Department of Homeland Security. Remember, they tried to get this disinformation board in place believe me they'll try to put it in place after the election they're just waiting they're just waiting they saw the blowback and they they decided for political purposes they better back off for now we can come back and do this we can do it in the end of november putting it off several months to fool the american people they're quietly broadening their effort at the DHS to curb and police speech it considers dangerous. Now, what do they consider dangerous speech? Any if you say anything about the CDC, you say the CDC lied. They want to consider that disinformation. Really, they do. You're not allowed to have an opinion. The CDC's opinion is is got to be considered gospel the good news that, that is always true and yet they have lied and lied and lied. It's the same DHS that wanted to suppress anybody that said the virus was laboratory originated. Well, we now know it was but for a year if you dared say that you were, they screamed at you as disinformation. Twitter would shut off your tweeting. Facebook would ban you and remove it. These fascist corporations run by the government, and that's what they are, doing the bidding of one political party. This is Nazi Germany. This is what Nazi Germany did. They let companies run the newspapers, but they told those companies how to run their newspapers. They let... The media do their thing, but they had to do it for the party. They let manufacturers build cars. And they chose the winners and the losers. That's fascism. And that is the way the Democrats want to take the United States into a fascist-style government that has what they call democratic socialism which means eventually one party. That's how it works. And that's just the one step away from total communism and collapse. The election next week, I pray, will at least slow down the pace. But we are, we are racing to a day with destiny. We are racing to a day of destiny. And there's no escaping it. God's word is true. He's coming again. The Bible talks about a great falling away. You know, I I, I, I was not going to get too much into this story. It's here in front of me. A person shared this with me. Now, I don't care what your personal views are, whether you're for or against or disagree with or consider it apostate, whatever, the Roman Catholic Church. I'm not going to even get into that discussion, but what it, what I want to get into is to mention something that I saw that came out from someone I know by the name of Gavin Ashton, and he talks about the culture wars are not a friend of what would be considered traditional Catholic values. Now, we're going to talk in terms of there are working documents that are out there now within the Roman Catholic Church. And one is, the document is called Enlarge the Space of Your Tent. And the controlling idea, you know, is this radical inclusion, which means celebrating of sin. Words like diversity, inclusion, equality, all these have got to be made a part and parcel of the theology. And we must deal with gender identity and sexual identities and If men want to marry men, the church is going to have to just change with it. This is beginning to be circulated within the Roman church. It's been around in the Episcopal church. It's been around in much of the Methodist church and some of the Presbyterians and some of the Lutherans for a while. And gets worse by the day, let alone the hour. And everywhere, every church, some churches have already been given over. They're gone. Their lampstand is gone. The Holy Spirit has exited the building. There is no life in them. They're dead men's bones in fine raiment with stained glass windows. They're dead. They're damned, to be quite blunt. And in any institution, we have to, the the, the enemy of your soul has to destroy the moral foundation. It has to delineate truth and destroy it. It has to put people in doubt of their own faith, and I believe we're coming into a time. Like I say, I, I'm going to I'm going to get somebody mad and if I do. I, I'm sorry. There's an order within the the Roman Catholic Church that I've always had bad feelings about, and that's the Jesuits. Tony Fauci was educated by Jesuits, by the way. They have gotten into universities, the ones that they control have gone into all the wokeism and nonsense. And I'm gonna say it, I'm hesitant, but I'm gonna come out, this is my opinion. I think they're an evil order. And the current Pope in in Rome is a Jesuit for the first time. That's why there's some really weird stuff coming out of this Vatican. So I see this and I'm not surprised. They tolerate the the good Catholic Nancy Pelosi's who are pro-choice. They tolerate the good Catholic uh, Anthony Fauci's and the good Catholic Joe Biden's with their lies and their rhetoric and their pro-abortion stance. Celebrating all the things the Bible condemns and demands us to accept it or else. Eyes are gonna be be open. You know, sadly, in so much of what used to be Christianity, God has been misrepresented as some kind of vague love. But God is also justice and evil will have to be held to account. And what is what God considers good will have to be acknowledged. That day is coming. And what today masquerades as kindness, as unconditional invitation to everybody to quote, be in something that they call a church, which is not a church, fatally ignores the one condition that the Gospels always impose, and that is repentance. These are churches without repentance where sin is celebrated and not and not forgiveness seeked. We'll pick up on that tomorrow. The church is under attack and some churches have already capitulated and they're gone they are dead they have no life in them many have fallen away many don't even go to anything anymore why do you think I want to plant churches do you believe in the ministry that we're doing here if you do would you consider your financial support by the way you can go to our website you can contact me if you have questions my email address bob at truth the number two ponder dot com. Bob at truth the number two ponder dot com. And if you can help us financially, would you consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? Ancient Word Radio. Mailing address is Post Office Box 510. Post Office Box 510. And the city is Chilhowie, C H I L H O W I E, Chilhowie, Virginia. And the zip code in Chilhawe, Virginia is 24319. That's 24319. And until tomorrow, may God richly bless you, is my prayer. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two